I'd get really small, really young. Please like me. How do you like me so far? You know, I really wanted someone to care for me. I wanted to have that kind of caring I didn't feel I got from my dad as a kid. Not that I wanted a dad in my life again, but I wanted someone to treat me with that kind of tenderness. Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Deborah Joy. For over 15 years, Deborah has been coaching entrepreneurs and executives to achieve more success with less stress. She helps them uncover and express their greatest strengths and skills while healing unconscious parts and old traumas that block them from accomplishing what they want most in life. What are patterns in your behavior trying to tell you? What happens when trauma gets stuck? And how does it show? itself in the way you think, act, and react. We're talking all about that with my guest, Deborah Joy. If you've been frustrated wondering why you seem to find yourself in the same situation over and over again, you're going to get so much out of this conversation. Here we go. Okay, everybody, I am here today with Deborah Joy, and we are talking about self-betrayal, unhealed betrayal, and so much more. Welcome, Deborah. Thanks, Debbie. Great to see you. Absolutely. And actually, we uh, got together because of our dear friend, Margaret Floyd Barry. Everybody, if you have not listened to or watched the episode with Margaret, you need to because she was talking about uh, how she had terrible migraines, right, as part of just, you know, stress related and all these things. And she actually was working with Deborah, and that's how we connected. You know, let's start there. How did, what was, if you could tell us what was going on with Margaret, and then what did you do to help her? Oh, okay. Uh, Margaret had these persistent migraines that would like, stop her in her tracks. Bam, you know, and it was absolutely debilitating. So it was happening consistently enough. There was just this pattern of it. So rather than look at it as the enemy, you know, the sabotaging her and getting in the way, because she is amazing. I mean, I don't know anyone with more energy than her. She's so accomplished on many levels, you know? So it was frustrating for her because she has big, big goals. So instead, we I got her real sort of quiet and calm and looked at if the migraine had a message for you, what would it be? which seemed just crazy to her, you know, but in a quiet kind of slowed down state, she realized it actually was trying to almost put her to bed, give her deep rest. And the sense she had about this migraine, rather than it being the enemy and really in her way, she started calling it mama migraine. Mm -hmm. So she would start to feel the migraine coming on and be able to look at, oh, what am I doing too much of? What do I need to adjust? Um, it was a process, you know, it wasn't overnight, but it, it, it was a very sweet turn for her that a part of her wasn't working against her. It was actually trying to support her. And I, I, I love that because so often we think we're fighting something. We need to fight this. And it's it's showing up for a reason. I mean, I, I've worked in health for over 30 years. And sometimes these illnesses are showing up because we are just not slowing down or stopping, you know, and those of you who have listened, watched the show, I, I, I've referred to this once or twice, maybe more about I've had uh, surgeries in both feet for severe arthritis. They look fine on the inside. I completely wore away all my cartilage. And then energetically, when you look into that, it means stop, you know, to stop the movement, stop from moving forward. And here I wasn't listening at all. And look at how I have 
you know, the, the cast and crutches cannot walk. It's like, if you do not listen, you will get a message to absolutely slow down or whatever the message is for you. So I, I, I love that we're bringing this up because it's so true, especially when it comes to betrayal. There are so many symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome showing up. And if we listen, uh, we can work with them and heal them, not against them. So of course, there's got to be some betrayal story or something that has you even interested in this type of work. Could you share that? Oh, who doesn't have one of those? I can't (laughs) Yeah. uh, You know, there's a couple I could choose, but I would say the one that had the biggest influence in my life was from my early childhood. My dad had unresolved trauma. And that showed up in a lot of ways. He would, you know, self-soothe with alcohol, but also he would rage. And we never knew when it was coming, you know, and it felt physically explosive. And I remember getting really small. I could feel, even just talking about, I could feel my whole body, how it would tense as a kid. And because I thought he was going to kill us. So I became terrified of men's anger. And you would think, that that would make me run away from any angry man. And consciously, I never went looking for it. But I continued to be attracted to and end up with men who had anger issues. And I didn't understand that actually until I started studying somatic experiencing and learning with Peter Levine that when there's trauma in the nervous system, your body is designed to go back to homeostasis, right? It wants to heal. It wants to resolve. And that trauma is not so much what happened to you, but it's your body's inability to complete a process. So when something happens that's too big for you to handle or you know, something that's just shocking in the moment or maybe a lot of little things that are too much for you to handle, your body goes into a defensive state. It wants to fight or run away or freeze to protect you. But it could be it didn't get to complete that. And if it got to complete it, those chemicals all get burned off. You go back to homeostasis. You're in a good state. Well, as a kid in the home, that couldn't get completed. I wasn't going to fight my dad. I couldn't run away at two years old or three or five. (laughs) So that pattern was in my nervous system, begging to be healed. Yeah, and that's what we do. We we go from these relationships that that are not in our best interest. You know, to, we it, they're just so similar. They're so familiar. We're like, oh, we know how to do this. I know how to make this happen. I I, I understand this. This is a very familiar scenario. And when you look at it from the place of this trauma needs to be completed, it's it's stuck. You know, then we can really look at the people that we're choosing. And I know this sounds crazy. Uh, at first, these are the people who hurt us the most, but they truly are our greatest teachers. And they are on some level, you may not want to thank them just yet, but they're giving you this opportunity to complete something. So is that what you found with some of the people that you that you chose? Yeah, I ha- well, I, I was, I, I got to tell you, I had decades of not being very conscious of it, really. It, it was quite a pattern. And I have this one sort of magical moment. Uh, I can't say anyone could repeat it necessarily, but I was um, dating a man who was much bigger than me and he got really angry and I got scared. When I'd get scared, I'd be good. I'd be really, really good. You know, try to make them happy and I'd get small and young. And I had this complete out-of-body experience 
I experienced myself on the ceiling looking down and right away there was awareness. I am seven years old and that's my dad. Wow. And it was so wonderful. You know, I felt sad for myself. I had all these emotions, but I, that was it. I was done with that. The next man I dated is the man I've been married to 20 years. Who's super healthy, you know? So it was a moment. It's not going to happen like that for everybody. And I also think it's important to note, you don't have to go into those damaging relationships and situations for your system to heal. And, and let's, let's go there because, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to get into the minds of my listeners and viewers and they're thinking like, seriously, I have to put myself in continual you know danger or whatever to figure this out. No, you don't. So you had that wake up call. What would you recommend to someone who's thinking, oh, you know what? I have a feeling there's something stuck here and clearly I'm not happy in my health, my work, my relationships. Something is stuck. What, like the person who's thinking that. How can we help them? Yeah. Well, I think it's good to know if we talk about, it feels like someone's betraying us maybe, right? Look at, is there any way I'm betraying myself? And when I say that, I don't mean you blame yourself for being in that relationship or blame yourself for being betrayed. Not at all. Like you said, it's happening for you, right? There is some gift in this. So you may even want to look at what is it I really want that this behavior is trying to get me. So for me, I, I get really small, really young. Please like me. How do you like me so far? You know, I really wanted someone to care for me. I wanted to have that kind of caring. I didn't feel I got from my dad as a kid. Not that I wanted a dad in my life again, but I wanted someone to treat me with that kind of tenderness and to actually cherish me. So I would get really young to try to make that happen. So if you can look at a pattern you see in yourself and even ask what is it really trying to get for me and you can even work with that part of yourself like we did with margaret with her migraines if i think oh my god i'm so embarrassed there's this really young part that just wants someone to take care of me you know just oh i'm so ashamed because i'm you know business leader la 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 but if i can imagine that little being is in the room with me and talk to it with compassion and curiosity like how did you get here? You know, where did you start? What do you want? And how can I help you get that? To actually treat it as a separate part, it can start to be integrated. You know, I love the idea of just asking those compassionate questions. I think we're so hard on ourselves and so we're, we're so quick to berate ourselves. Like, why are we doing this? We're so this, we're so that. But when we look at it, like this is just an unhealed young part of ourselves that's looking to, to get what it needs so that it can, you know, this version of us can feel safe. That makes, that makes all the difference. Yeah. So, so how do we know now let's go back to the way the body's responding. How do we know if something is stuck when something's released? Can you walk us through that a little bit? Sure. There's a lot of ways stuckness can show up. You know, it can show up as physical ailment, right? Like you're chronically ill and there's not really an explanation for it. It can show up just as a, a basic sense of uh, malaise with your life. Like you're just really not happy with your life. A belief that maybe you're made for something more and a counter belief that you don't deserve it. You know, That's like those, those people, no, I'm fine. 
I'm fine. Whenever anybody says fine or not too bad, like that's the goal, not too bad. Fine. What the heck is that? Okay. So you're saying uh, a malaise, an illness. Give us some, some examples of illnesses that show up. Oh, I'll show you with me. I had chronic fatigue for years. Mm -hmm. um, so like you were mentioning how, you know, there'll be symptoms and symptoms you ignore, I ignore, I ignore, I'm working, I'm doing, I'm working, I'm doing it. And like many people who are high achievers or overachievers, it can very often be trauma driven. Because if you ever were in a freeze state when you were young, that's kind of a death state. And it can be so terrifying to the nervous system. It doesn't want to go there again. So it will keep you going for the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Mm. And it's not sustainable. So I ignored my body symptoms. So it, it's, yeah, it's like you're trying to outrun the trauma. And if you notice, it follows you around like a shadow and you just cannot outrun it. So, and you know, and it's interesting too, because I, I, I call it the I'll show you soil. And it's almost like when someone comes from something so unhealthy, and then the motivation and the drive is fierce, right? They have this fierce drive to either make money, become fit, whatever it is for them, be, you know, be successful in whatever way means something for them. But the soil that it's coming from is so toxic, you know, very different experience than when someone is just so driven by passion and purpose. When they're driven by that, I'll show you soil. It's usually um, a very different experience. So, okay, so here they are. They're not feeling, uh, they're, they're very driven, right? Let's take two different examples. Someone who's very driven and they have that unhealed trauma and then that malaise. How does it look like in someone's day-to-day? -day? Uh, it could look like, Oh, it'll never get better than this. You know, you're kind of slugging through the, I think um, one of the Charlie Brown characters, you know, he, he always had like a cloud over him and it has that feeling to it. You know, is that Linus? Was it Linus or Pigpen or I was somebody, yeah. <laughs> you know, just that feeling of heaviness, you know, you, you just can't get it together. You, you know, you, you like you go through your life, but there's a flatness to it. There's a flatness in your relationships, a flatness in your relationship with yourself. The other is you're overly driven. You can't rest. The other thing is um, you're comparing yourself to others, right? That can be a real sign. Like their life looks better or thank God I don't have that life. Like you can't just connect to yourself as yourself. So in relationship, you're looking, is that relationship better than mine? Is that one as good as mine? There's a constant comparing. And as you mentioned, that, that harsh inner critic. Mm-hmm. That harsh inner critic is a sign that something is off. And when we are hard on ourselves, we activate our sympathetic nervous system. So we put ourselves on defense just by the way we talk to ourselves. Absolutely. You know, I really invite everybody. Can you imagine if you just wrote down some of the things you say to yourself. Could you imagine the, the kind of experiment that would be if you wrote down the, the critical, negative, judgmental, pessimistic, and just wrote it down so you can look and see the garbage that's going in your head all day. And this is a, a fraction of what you'll even catch, right? We have like 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. I think 80% are negative, right? So what an experiment that would be just to see what we're really saying to ourselves. What does that do to our nervous system? It really ramps us up, right? So we get on defensive mode. And what happens is when we're in defensive mode, when we're, when we're dominant sympathetic mode, we actually can't access our social engagement. 
So the vagus nerve is the predominance of parasympathetic, right? And it activates your facial muscles, your neck muscles, your throat muscles. So it's your tone of voice, color in your face, ability to smile. It affects your hearing, right? And it affects all of the sensations of your organs. It'll affect your ability to access your own intuition. So you're talking negatively to yourself all day. I should have done that. I can't believe that. I'm such a loser. Oh, you know, yeah, I deserve to be treated that way. That's all blocking you from your innate body, innate body wisdom, because we all sense at some degree what's right and wrong for us. And I guess there's a little caveat when there's a lot of trauma, it's actually very hard to sense what's right and wrong. Mm -hmm. Like a safe relationship may actually feel unsafe because it's vulnerable. So I'm assuming a baseline of wellness for this. I just want to be clear about that, that when you can access your intuition, your body will guide you into safety, into healing, into regulation. And I want to talk more about intuition because this is something, and this showed up in my study too, where I asked all the study participants uh, and uh, we really focused on intuition and all of them said, you know, I kind of had a feeling something was off, but I just, I just didn't focus on it. I didn't think about it. I didn't, you know, I, I was too busy. Talk about that more. Tell us what's happening with our intuition. Yeah, I think that's so important because, you know, if, if you've been betrayed or you find yourself in this situation, first of all, like I said, don't blame yourself and use it as an opportunity to turn that toxic soil into really fertile soil, right? By start composting it, looking at, okay, what can I do different by learning from what I did? And like you said, you'll, there'll often be a hit and this instinctive feeling, and it may not make any rational sense but something doesn't feel right. And the key to that is slowing down. And we are mostly, I won't say all of us, we are mostly as a society afraid of slowing down. We are addicted to speed. You know, if someone doesn't get a text back from me right away, they might text me, where are you? You know, I happen to go to the bathroom without my phone. My God, you know, just, we want everything so fast. We're ramped up. If we can actually slow down, we get messages from our body all the time. And it can be a little bit of work to start learning the language of your body. So for me, a yes feels quite expansive. Like I, a yes is like, oh, there's a bigger breath. I just feel like I'm physically a little wider. I feel more space inside my body. A no immediately feels like a tightness around my belly button and in my pelvis. I, yeah, I love that. And everybody has their own way of knowing what a no or a yes feels like. It could just be a, a just a short, quick word you say, yep, nope, whatever it is for you, where you just know something isn't right. And, you know, I remember learning our gut is like 10,000 times more perceptive than our minds, but we're so conditioned to use our minds for everything. And, and from what I've seen over the years, healing especially has nothing to do with the logical, rational mind. And that's why when these ideas come up or when we get that intuitive hit or we, you know, we, we want to access our intuition or we feel something or sense something, we think it's crazy because it's not coming from the mind. And that's the idea. 
It's not supposed to come from the mind. And we, I think we question it because we just really are so conditioned to think if it's not from the mind, it's not true. And the crazier it sounds, the more it's not from the mind. And maybe that's even that much better. Right. That's a good point. That's a good point. And I think it's, it's really important too, if you haven't been following this way of living, right? If you haven't been listening to your gut, it's a great first step to just listen and don't even make yourself act on it. You know? So I was the ultimate people pleaser. You said, can you, before you asked me what it was, yep, I'm there, Debbie, I'm there. What do you need? And I'd be overbooked. And then I had so much stress, right? So even if you were as dysfunctional as I was, I would say it's enough to stop and check in. Is that yes true? How do I know? And just be curious and compassionate. So it might be, well, I feel really excited. I'm going great. But if you keep doing that, if you and it, we're talking seconds, right? Like slow down doesn't mean your whole life will slow down. If you will take 30 seconds, 60 seconds to feel what's going on in your body, you might feel like, yeah, I want to do that. I notice I've got some indigestion. Oh, I notice I feel tight in my chest. You, so just notice symptoms at first and you have permission to not do anything about them. Just start noticing because you have to start understanding how your body talks to you and it will start talking to you when it knows you're listening. I love that. And, and you know, if you need a rule, everybody, how about when you're asked something, just an, come up with an automatic response now so that you can implement it when you need to. And a rule, simple rule may be, I'll get back to you. I love that. Thanks. I'll let you know <laughs> something because you know, your go-to response is to say, yes, you're trying to retrain yourself. So something just so super practical can give you the opportunity to take the 30 seconds as Deborah's saying, and give you, you know, that space so that you can, you can come up with a, with a response that really makes the most sense. I mean, think about it. How often is it that you have your best ideas like in the shower, you know, right. well, Think about why it's because we're not focused on something, you know, and I'll tell you some of my best uh, ideas for TikTok videos. That's what I'm thinking about. I'm in the show. I'm like, what am I going to talk about today? <laughs> that's great. And it's when we just were, we're accessing uh, just the quiet mind and it, it just makes such a difference. So is there anything else we can do? So we can, we need to slow down to access our intuition. We need to get a real sense of if something feels like a yes or a no. Uh, we need to move past the stuckness and it's okay if we're stuck because it's showing us that, that there's something that needs processing. Anything else? I would say if you see a pattern in your life, right? Like keep ending up with these business partners. like keep dating this person. I, you know, I keep doing these things that in the end don't work for me. See that pattern is originating within you as a part of you that developed when you were young and actually start to talk to it. What does it really want? So like that may seem like a crazy thing to do, um, but the more you like at first you might do it and nothing shows up and nobody speaks to you. But if you will just sit and welcome that part of you, like that part of me that keeps ending up in these relationships, where did you come from? you know, and be curious. That's a really fun thing to find out where your patterns are coming from. Mm, yeah. I, I don't know necessarily if it's fun. 
but it's fun to get on the other side of it. I was going to say that the, uh, the results can be fun. The process may not be fun, but hey, it's transformative and that's always a good thing. Deborah, what do you want to make sure everyone knows as we wrap up? I'm not sure. <laughs> um, okay. Is there, or even how about this? Can you give us an example of someone you've worked with? We've heard about Margaret, an example of someone else you've worked with who just really had, who was very stuck and they did a certain somatic experiencing, a certain process or something, and they moved through it in their work, in their health, in their relationships. Yeah. Uh, I had a client who was very stuck from what felt like a betrayal in business with a business partner. And I would say, she is it stage two where people keep talking about it and they can't move on? Three, yeah, stage, stage three. three. Uh -huh. I would say she was in stage three for a very long time, right? Just couldn't move on, couldn't move on, couldn't move on. So instead of focusing on that, I encouraged her to focus on her own healing, what needed healing in her. And she actually went and did a bunch of somatic healing work and found out the core of it was really a pattern from her parents, right? Trying to overtake care of her parents, overtake care of her parents. As her body healed, as her patterns healed, as she started to love herself and see where it all came from, that didn't feel the same at all. She moved past stage three into like, oh, I can start my life again. You know, I can move on. So I think I'd want people to know there actually is an amazing life on the other side of betrayal. There actually is life outside of these patterns that feel like they're keeping you stuck. We all have patterns. That's what habits are. They are patterns. So it's really about integrating the patterns that are unconscious into consciousness so you can move forward as a whole. I love that. And we're always growing. Well, you know, that's the, that's the idea, you know, to just to keep growing and learning and evolving. And it's unfortunately these traumatic situations that often give us just such groundwork, such a beautiful groundwork for that transformation, which is, that's the opportunity waiting for us. Many people like the person you just mentioned, they, you know, they do get that get stuck in that stage three and many stay there for life. But if you're willing to let go of your story and all the benefits you get from it, and there are many, uh, certainly there's, there's healing on the other side. Deborah, where do we go to learn more about you and the great work you do? Okay, great. Thanks. My site is DebraJoy.me. Oh, that's perfect. I want to thank you so much for your time and your wisdom. And I know so many people are going to look at their patterns now and do a whole lot of healing because of it. Thank you. Thanks, Debbie. Great to talk to you. Thanks for having me. So are you trying to outrun something that needs your attention or are you feeling a flatness in your relationships or in your life? It could mean something that needs to be released is stuck. Stay in touch with Deborah by going to debrajoy.me and we'll have all of her information in the show notes at the pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. Slow down to hear what your intuition is trying to tell you. You can't hear it when you're so busy listening to the chatter of your mind. Look for patterns. They're repeating because there's something that needs healing there. See what it is so you don't need to repeat more painful relationships to heal what's buried deep inside. Try a few of those tips like having that standard response ready like, I'll get back to you or thanks, I'll let you know tomorrow to give you more time to think before you react 
And for the truly brave, try writing down some of what you're hearing from your inner critic. Seeing it on paper may be enough motivation to help you change that talk. And of course, I have just the place for you to do all of that. Join us at thepbtinstitute.com and get started with our new Reclaim program. It's a 90-day experience where you get to work privately with our coaches, attend live classes, ask me your questions in our group sessions, and be in the most loving and supportive place to transform. In 90 days, you'll be moving through the five stages from betrayal to breakthrough so you look, feel, and live better. So don't wait. You deserve to heal. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.